You're listening to Soundbites, a podcast by the Arkansas Philharmonic Orchestra to share, inspire, and empower our classical music community here in Northwest Arkansas and beyond. My name is Erjing Kong, your host for the podcast and concertmaster of APO. It may be a cliché, but nonetheless a true experience for many people that music can often communicate the ideas and feelings that are considered incommunicable through language alone, or that the arts provide a space that other areas of life fall short. You have undoubtedly seen statements like, where our politicians and pundits have failed, artists have led the way, or Leonard Bernstein's famous commitment that, in response to violence in the world, Musicians will aim to make music more intensely, more beautifully, and more devotedly than before. Or the idea that it is music that can name the unnameable and communicate the unknowable. In today's episode, I'd like to explore this very idea, the ways classical music and its composers have responded to the current events in and of their time. There are many examples of this, but I'd like to focus on two works today, Luciano Berio's O King, and Messiaen's Quartet for the End of Time. Luciano Berio was an Italian composer noted for his experimental work, in particular his 1968 composition, Symphonia, his series of virtuosic solo pieces titled Sequenza, and for his pioneering work in electronic music. In 1968, Berio completed O King, so moved by the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. that within the same year, he wrote a piece in memoriam. While Dr. King was known for his oratory, Berio is known for his non-traditional use of words, often incorporating shouting and whispering into the music rather than singing. In the case of O King, he meditates on just the civil rights leader's last name. The composer has said not much about the meaning behind this usage, but it does leave much to the listener's imagination. A word that has for so long meant monarch and leader, it serves as a reflection of a pastor lost to the world in the height of his own activism. In the work, the voices intone first the vowels and then the consonants, which make up his name, only stringing them together to give his name in full in the final bars. Let's take a listen to O King. Listen for the progressive buildup of noise and volume from the beginning to end. Take note of the way in which the mezzo-soprano voice and the instruments, flute, clarinet, violin, cello, and piano, meld together as one collective instrument, and the way in which Berio chooses to utilize different instrument combinations for particular moments and effects. See if you can chart the progression of vowel sounds to consonant sounds as the piece progresses.
Many people have noted the eerily quiet combination of voice and instruments sounding like a collective wail of mourning voices with the impulsive sounds symbolizing bells tolling for the death of a great man. The increasing noise component, as well as the gradual buildup of volume, represents the increasing intensity of mourning and progression of grieving, with the last great tolling of the bell serving as the moment of acceptance. And just a quick side note here, what constitutes noise versus music is a huge topic, but for our purposes here, I refer to noise simply as any musical element that is not intended to be tonal or pitched. The confusion and cacophony following the climax of the piece is perhaps meant to mimic the confusion and loss felt by the sudden death of Dr. King. The piece devolves gradually, moving from sustained sounds and layering increasingly dissonant and, by the end, non-pitched sounds. Whereas Berio's O King depicted a brokenness, dissolution, and devolving of systems to disorder, normalcy to chaos, stasis to grief, Olivia Mission had a contrasting response to his experiences at a war camp, instead choosing to depict a beauty that was beyond horror, striving to compose music that transfigured the brutality and barbarity of his time. In 1940, composer Olivia Mission was 31 years old when he was captured by German soldiers and was held as a POW in Gurlitz, now part of Poland, where he was able to become friends with several other prisoner musicians in the camp, a clarinetist, violinist, and cellist. Armed with a small pencil and paper from a sympathetic guard, he added himself to the group as a pianist and composed one of his most well-known works, the Quartet for the End of Time. The quartet premiered in 1941, outside in the rain, for an audience of soldiers and prisoners together. The piece takes its title from the biblical book of Revelations. The passage states, I saw a mighty angel descend from heaven, clad in mist, and a rainbow was upon his head. His face was like the sun, his feet like pillars of fire. He set his right foot on the sea, his left foot on the earth, 
And standing thus on sea and earth, he lifted his hand to heaven, and swore by him who liveth forever and ever, saying, There shall be time no longer. But on the day of the trumpet of the seventh angel, the mystery of God shall be finished. Messian's understanding of this passage speaks not to a vision of the apocalypse, nor to his own situation as a prisoner, but to the idea of the end of time as the end of past and future and the beginning of eternity. The music was meant to be an extension of the angel of the apocalypse's words, and one with particular musical meaning, for Messian was no longer interested in time as rhythm. He did not want to hear steady rhythms like military drums and instead aspired to rhythms outside of time. In addition to being a notable figure in musical modernism, Messian's music often explored themes of spirituality and mysticism, being guided by Catholicism throughout his entire life. He stated, quote, My faith is the grand drama of my life. I'm a believer, so I sing words of God to those who have no faith. I give bird songs to those who dwell in cities and have never heard them, make rhythms for those who know only military marches or jazz, and paint colors for those who see none. In this regard, the quartet for the end of time represents the ultimate act of faith, Messian's response to the barbarity of his time being that of connecting with his faith. The quartet in its entirety is about an hour long, consisting of eight movements. Messian wrote the following explanations of each segment of the piece. Movement one is titled Liturgy of Crystal, between the morning hours of three and four, the awakening of birds. A thrush or a nightingale soloist improvises amid notes of shining sounds and a halo of trills that lose themselves high in the trees. Transposing this to the religious plane, you will have the harmonious silence of heaven. Movement two is titled Vocalise, for the angel who announces the end of time. The first and third parts evoke the power of that mighty angel, his hair a rainbow and his clothing mist, who places one foot on the sea and one foot on the earth. Between these sections are the ineffable harmonies of heaven. From the piano, soft cascades of blue-orange chords encircle the distant Carillon plain chant-like recitativo of the violin and cello.
third movement is titled Abyss of the Birds, which is a clarinet solo. The abyss is time with its sadnesses and tediums. The birds are the opposite of time. They are our desire for light, for stars, for rainbows, and for jubilant outpourings of song. The fourth movement is titled Interlude and is a scherzo. It's one of the more outgoing characters than the other movements, but related to them nonetheless by various melodic references. The fifth movement is titled Praise to the Eternity of Jesus. Jesus is here considered as one with the word. Represented by a long phrase, infinitely slow by the cello, it speaks with love and reverence on the everlastingness of the word, mighty and dulcet, which, quote, the years can in no way exhaust. Majestically, the melody unfolds at a distance, both intimate and sublime. It is a musical evocation of the statement, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. 
The sixth movement is titled Dance of Fury for the Seven Trumpets. Rhythmically, it is the most idiosyncratic movement of the set. The four instruments in unison give the effect of gongs and trumpets, the first six trumpets of the apocalypse attending to various catastrophes, while the trumpet of the seventh angel announces the consummation of the mystery of God. Messian uses extended note values, augmented or diminished rhythmic patterns, and non-retrogradable rhythms, a systematic use of values which, read from left to right or from right to left, remain the same. The music is of a stone, formidable sonority. The movement is steely, embodying huge blocks of livid fury or ice-like frenzy. The end of the movement features a terrifying fortissimo of the theme in augmentation and with a change of register of its different notes. movement is titled Cluster of Rainbows for the angel who announces the end of time. Here, certain passages from the second movement return. The mighty angel appears and the rainbow envelops him. The rainbow here being a symbol of peace, of wisdom, of luminosity and sound. Messian stated, quote, in my dreaming, I hear and see ordered melodies and chords, familiar hues and forms. Then, Following this transitory stage, I pass into the unreal and submit ecstatically to a vortex, a dizzying interpenetration of superhuman sounds and colors. These fiery swords, these rivers of blue-orange lava, these sudden stars, behold the cluster, behold the rainbow. final movement is titled Praise to the Immortality of Jesus. Featuring an expansive violin solo, it balances the cello solo of the fifth movement. Why this second glorification, you might ask? It addresses itself more specifically to the second aspect of Jesus, to Jesus the man, to the word made flesh, raised up immortal from the dead so as to communicate his life to us. It is total love, its slow rising to a supreme point is the ascension of man toward his God, of the Son of God toward his Father, of the mortal newly made divine toward paradise.
Whether by way of dissolving and disintegrating a man-made system of music to express a grief beyond words, or by transfiguring that very system to express devotion to an existence beyond the corporeal, both Berio and Messian show us the various ways their music attempts to reach new levels of expression beyond what material reality can offer. Thank you for tuning in to APO's Soundbites. If you enjoyed the episode, please share and tell your friends. More information about APO can be found on their website, arphil.org, A-R-P-H-I-L dot O-R-G, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Please join us again next time for more explorations in the rich world of classical music. Music